Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is caretaking. We do not have to participate in their dysfunction. We are free to live our own lives. As children, we may have had to literally be our brother's keeper because in the dysfunction, we were given responsibilities far beyond our years. And we didn't learn to take care of ourselves in the process because we were so focused on others. Yeah, and that's also, I think, a, a form of helplessness. Um, you know, just so focused on, first off, trying to figure out what on earth the expectations were, which I realize now, just as a 12-year-old, was just never my job and just really not even possible. And, you know, I look at my own current situation and, you know, there's one member of my family who's spiritually grown and there's two who aren't. So, you know, I have to learn to, you know, detach with love. Um, you know, or at least go down that part. But caretaking is certainly not, nor should it be ever um, uh, a part of the, uh, you know, part of the thoughts going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, given responsibilities far beyond her years, I mean, I think at a certain point, I was faced with that possibility that, you know, I'm the only one that could make my dad happy. Um, or perhaps marriage. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of pressure as a kid. Um, or as an adult, to be honest. So back to the reading. As adults, many of us continue this pattern, ignoring our needs and being drawn to people we could take care of. We told ourselves we were okay because we were caring, compassionate people. And in return, we often receive praise and adulation. People said things like, isn't she wonderful? What would we do without him? This fed the whole inner soul for a while. And again, that is the why... For me, you know, spiritual recovery comes first. Uh, family will come second and, you know, the future wife will come third uh, because those other things, you know, and career and all those are very important under the guise of the spiritual principles because those will only feed your soul for a while. Back to the reading. But then the praise stopped coming unless we asked for it. You know, that, that, that feeling even now that I feel that I have to earn happiness or earn relaxation. Um, it's all bullshit. Uh, back to the reading. The satisfaction we thought we were experiencing diminished. We may have even started to blame others for being ungrateful. Yeah, definitely sometimes. Look at what I've done, like the martyr part. When we joined ACA, we began a program of rigorous honesty and learned to recognize what we're doing. You know, I wanted to talk about the rigorous honesty as regards to codependence. And I think a lot of times when um, when there's people pleasing going on, uh, that's not necessarily being rigorously honest, you know? So it's a question of, do I want to do this or am I doing this because I don't want to hurt someone's feelings or I don't want someone to hurt my feelings. And, you know, between character building and comfort, we choose character building first. Back to the reading. Yes, people took advantage of us, but we taught them to treat us that way. And now with the help of ACA, our higher power, and our new family, we have begun to undo that. We are letting others take responsibility for themselves. I think one of the things that I'm realizing is, you know, an issue with authority figures is just making people authority figures. I mean, God's the only authority figure. There's no experts, as Charles Barkley would say. God's the only expert. Back to the reading. On this day, I will continue taking care of and valuing myself because I am worth it. You know, I am worth it. I am worth it. So much of this stuff is about not being enough and not being worth it. And to realize that I'm not only worth it, I'm more than worth it. I'm more than enough. And I think people 
coming from codependency backgrounds need to, or I think it, it would be helpful for people like me to, you know, say those things and um, out loud, I guess, from Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, the uh, principle of auto-suggestion. Back to the reading. I will give others the gift of taking care of themselves. I love it. I will give you the gift of taking care of yourself. The next reading also comes from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is self-doubt. We were, taught to, we were taught to doubt ourselves, so it became natural to believe that we are wrong, defective, or uninformed. Many of us learned early to doubt what we knew, we saw, because our parents shamed us into believing we were incapable of knowing. At first, we knew the difference, but eventually, we believed that our hunger pangs and other feelings were our imagination. When we enter the rooms of recovery, we are ready to release this way of thinking. We begin to see that we no longer need to live in the survival mode of our childhood. Yeah, the, the survival mode of the childhood and the thriving is two totally different things. I mean, I think the survival is the flinching, the body language. I think about it as a team in, in sports playing not to lose. You know, the thriving mode is just knowing that, you know, God and my programs have my back. And, um, you know, playing that life to win and thriving. Back, back to the reading. When we enter the rooms of recovery, we are ready to release this way of thinking. Yes, we begin to see that we no longer need to live in the survival mode of our childhood. We are ready to wipe the slate clean and write a new future. And, you know, as I continue to work the steps, I'm starting to really feel that for the first time. You know, there's definitely, and, you know, the topic is self-doubt. Oh, it's too late or, oh, it's that. But, you know, I'm starting to realize it's never too late to be happy. Back to the reading. In ACA, we meet people who will support us as we take a second look at our past. By working the steps and using the tools of the program, we gradually challenge the stories, roles, beliefs, and negative distorted thinking that has so colored so much of our lives. We begin to accept the reality of our childhoods and that we did not cause the problems. We now get to write our own future. Man, this is exciting. We no longer have to be defined by our original family roles or by the toxic thoughts, words, and actions of those around us. We get to choose what we want from life, how we see ourselves and decide which filters we will use to perceive the world. On this day, I have the courage to face my past and the faith to write my future. I no longer doubt what I know to be true. And you know, I think we now get to write our own future. We no longer have to be defined by original family roles or by the toxic thoughts, words and actions of those around us. Now we move on to Melody Beatty and the language of letting go. And the topic is when things don't work. Frequently, when faced with a problem, we may attempt to solve it in a particular way. When that way doesn't work, we may continue trying to solve the problem in that same way. We may get frustrated, try harder, get more frustrated, and then exert more energy and influence into forcing the same solution that we have already tried and that didn't work. That approach makes us crazy. It tends to get us stuck and trapped. It is the stuff that unmanageability is made of. We can get caught in the same difficult pattern in relationships, in tasks, in any area of our life. We initiate something, it doesn't work, doesn't flow, we feel badly, then try the same approach harder, even though it's not working and flowing. And I think I really like the fact that harder is a lot of times has to deal with not working and is the opposite of flowing. Back to the reading. Sometimes it's appropriate not to give up and to try harder. And sometimes it's appropriate to let go, detach and stop trying so hard 
Yep, nuance. And, and, and I think Janet, uh, I can't pronounce her last name in her book on adult children of alcoholics talked about, you know, the all or nothing thinking. And, you know, sometimes it is okay to try harder. Sometimes it's not, you know, I remember talking to someone and they said, you know, sometimes you do want to, you know, please people like, you know, I want to please my, my manager. And other times, like, you don't need to, you know, justify your behavior to strangers. Back to the reading. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't flow, maybe life is trying to tell us something. Life is a gentle teacher. I like when Byron Katie calls it life school. She doesn't always send neon road signs to guide us. Sometimes the signs are more subtle. Something not working may be a sign. You know, and that could be a career, it could be a relationship. Um, it could be just a pattern, you know, it might be the difference between waking up in the morning and being a night owl or vice versa. Let go. I mean, that is the essential part of so much of this. If we have become frustrated by repeated efforts that aren't producing desired results, we may be trying to force ourselves down the wrong path. Sometimes a different solution is appropriate. Sometimes a different path opens up. Often the answer will emerge more clearly in the quietness of letting go than it will be in the urgency, frustration, and desperation of pushing harder. Learn to recognize when something isn't working or isn't flowing. Step back and wait for clear guidance. Reminds me of ACA slogans, you know, be still and know, and don't just do something, sit there. And I might add, uh, do Dharana meditation or sound meditation, um, inside joke. Back to the reading. Today, I will not make myself crazy by repeatedly trying solutions that have proven themselves unsuccessful. If something isn't working, I will stop, step backhand. I will step back and wait for guidance. You can see my mind is on tennis. <laughs> and the readings, of course. And the final reading, it comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is achieving harmony. When a pianist learns a new piece of music, he or she does not sit down and instantly play it perfectly. A pianist often needs to practice each hand's work separately to learn to the feel, to learn the sound. One hand picks out a part until there is rhythm and ease in playing what is difficult. Then the musician practices with the other hand, picking through the notes one by one until that hand learns its tasks. When each hand has learned its part, the sound, the feel, the rhythm, and the tones, then both hands can play together. During the time of practice, the music may not sound like much. It may sound disconnected, not particularly beautiful. But when both hands are ready to play together, music is created. A whole piece comes together in harmony and beauty. God, I love that. When we begin recovery, it may feel like we spend months, even years, practicing individual, seemingly disconnected behaviors in the separate parts of our life. We take our new skills into our work, our career, and begin to apply them slowly, making our work relationships healthier for us. We take our skills into relationships, sometimes one relationship at a time. We struggle through our new behaviors in our love relationships. And I think th those are, you know, going in and not being like, how can I, how can I be of service everywhere? But like, you know, and uh, but what are the, you know, the character assets that I want to emphasize and what are the character defects that I want to, you know, work on, you know, we act as if. Back to the reading. One part at a time, we practice our new music, note by note. 
We work on a relationship with our higher power, our spirituality. We work at loving ourselves. We work at believing we deserve the best. We work on our finances, on our recreation, sometimes on our appearance, sometimes on our home. We work on feelings, on beliefs, on behaviors, letting go of the old, acquiring the new. We work and work and work. We practice. I think that is the ultimate word, practice. I remember this unbelievably motivated, motivational YouTube video uh, and a guy uh, was you know, PTSD, uh, significantly overweight and just documented his recovery. And I remember very early on, he goes, when he was trying the yoga pose and he was like, just because I can't do it today doesn't mean that I can't do it someday. Back to the reading. We work on feelings, on beliefs, on behaviors, letting go of the old, acquiring the new. We work and work and work. We practice, we struggle through. We go from one extreme to the other and sometimes back through the course again. We make a little progress, go backward and then go forward again. It may all seem disconnected. It may not sound like a harmonious, beautiful piece of music, just isolated notes. Then one day something happens. We become ready to play with both hands, to put the music together. What we have been working toward, note by note, becomes a song. That song is a whole life, a complete life, and a life in harmony. The music will come together in our life if we keep practicing the parts. Today, I will practice my recovery behaviors through the individual parts of my life. I trust that one day, things will come together in a full, complete song. And that concludes today's uh, episode, awesome episode of Recovering My Inner Child. So many great readings um, and, you know, just a lot of hope, you know, then when I, when I first started this, um, yeah, I just didn't have that much. And it's just, it's great sometimes also to see some of these things happening. Uh, until next time, uh, this is Kawan Saluja reminding myself to pause because that's where God is, to feel my feelings and to love myself.